Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that have a surprise for you. Do I have a surprise for you? We you know have a surprise. <laughs> surprise, Jason, we got a surprise. Uh, we're going to announce that surprise actually next week, so we're going to leave you in the... Just waiting for it just a little bit, but we'll get into it a little more. And your semifinals matchups for the god of fantasy status that you are chasing. Feeling the Brodo no Fantasy okay. Podcast begins Feeling now. That was a weird way to reference a championship, right? What you don't want to be the god of fantasy? He just said it a fantasy status, like just a for wee the bit weird. Nah, once you win a championship, for the trophies there, for the dubs. Look, for the there's a fine, there's a there's a place for fantasy champions. All right, there it's a it's there's one thing to be dominant during the regular season. There's one thing to have good drafts, but there's a whole other thing to put together a 16 week season where you win a fantasy championship and you enter a level that other people are not on. I truly yeah. I truly believe that. It's yeah. it's like a whole other level. I'm aware. I am just saying you said it in a weird way. Cuz I'm a fantasy god. It ain't easy being cheesy. <laughs> so <laughs> So we have a special surprise for you but we're going to leave you in the dark for a little while. I'm sorry. Sorry people. But we want to build some you know we want to build some momentum. It's a big surprise. Momentum. Um as you can probably tell we uh, are almost done with this studio. We are adding the knickknacks and patty wax, and we're trying to give a dog a bone. But we have a we have mics. We have covers for those mics. Even though Jason's Jason's mic cover kind of looks like when David Wright wore that helmet after he got the concussion. <laughs> no, really I, it helmet. looks like I'm talking into Toad. Yeah, it's like it's like too big for his microphone. It's because it's not made for a microphone like that. It's made for the top setting. Yes, <laughs> we have to get another. Mic cover then. It's the thing. It's the little things. When you're building a studio, you're like the little things like mic covers that you don't get. And you get headphone splitters you, and headphone splitters. Like you get the table and you get the mics and you and get the headphones, the, but yeah. not the splitters. Nope, <laughs> nope, not the splitters. Um, so I'm the only one with the headphones on. Ha! And I could hear exactly what's going on. And I like what I really like to hear about is how I can win next week because, although, unfortunately, my money team completely shat the bed and completely disintegrated in front of my very eyes. Um, I still have three teams that need to win championships. So I am very much interested in what you guys have to say because you guys are the guru. So let's get started. Uh, the Thursday night game is another Thursday night game that's going to look really, really good. Uh, we've had a lot of good Thursday night games this year. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, last week, the Chargers squeaked one out against the Bengals. It wasn't the Chargers' best showing. It wasn't Phillip Rivers' best showing. Um, Austin Eckler looks like he's going to be out. Uh, so let's start with the running game. Justin Jackson, how are you feeling about him this week against a Cincinnati Bagels team that is dead last in almost every defensive category? Well, they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs first and foremost. Oh, um, they played the Bengals last week. I'm sorry. The Chiefs, who are next to dead last in every defensive category. They might be last in running back points. It's either them or Cincinnati. But, yeah, if Justin Jackson, if Melgo is out and Austin Eckler is out, Justin Jackson is an RB1. Just book it. Put him in there. If Melgo is in, which me and Jason just assumed for now that Melgo will play because he he, he reported he went with the team to he traveled with the team and he practiced on a limited basis, tweeted, albeit like he's he's ready or something. Yeah. So for now we have Melgo as our eighth running back because if Melgo plays against Kansas City in what should be a high scoring game, and this is the Chiefs. Are eleven and two? Yes, people are just locking them into the number one seed, but the Chargers are ten and three. If they beat the Chiefs, they have the same exact record. They're in play for the number one seed as well, so don't count the Chargers out. So they're gonna want to win this game. And Melgo, if he is able to go, I think he's gonna be very highly involved. They're not gonna bring him back to risk injury just to play fifteen percent of the game. In terms of the pass catching abilities of Melgo, uh, Kansas City is twenty eighth in the NFL. Um, I'm sorry, excuse me, Twenty, yes, 28th against the running back. They're also 28th against the slot receiver. And Keenan Allen has been on a tear lately. Jason, you think this is another Keenan Allen big game? 
Uh, if you look at the rankings, I have him number one overall. Wow. So. Okay. So yes, you think that is going to be a very big game. I've had him in the top five for a while now. With second half, Keenan Allen, baby. The Chiefs are decent against slot receivers, but Keenan Allen has been unstoppable. Last time he played KC, he put up an eight one oh eight one line on them. Uh, it should be a high scoring game. Uh, Philip Rivers has historically struggled a bit in Arrowhead. I'm going to use that as a pl- plus here, in, with the argument that he's going to go to Keenan Allen more, his safety blanket, uh, rather than hitting one of the Williams brothers. So, uh, I'm loving Keenan Allen this week. I'm a, I do have Keenan Allen as my sixth receiver on the week. I'm a little lower than Jason on him, though, just because, first off, Kendall Fuller is a solid cornerback, so it's not the easiest matchup for Keenan Allen. But also, the every time Philip Rivers goes to Arrowhead, it seems like he struggled, so I went back a little bit. And over the last four games against the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium, he's thrown for only over 250 yards only once, and in four games has six interceptions with two touchdowns. Interesting, but if you're a Phillip Rivers owner, he's probably been your quarterback. You probably didn't draft him. Maybe you did, but he's probably been your quarterback for a while now. Um, where do you have Phillip Rivers in your rankings? And if, you, and if you're nervous like that, are you pivoting? Yeah, with that being said, it does scare me a bit, but this is a completely different Chargers team than the last four years. They have the very... They're more well-rounded. They have a running game. They have a good offensive line. So I don't know if that's going to be... I don't know if it's going to continue that way going into this year. So I, I do have Phillip Rivers as my eighth quarterback. I would have ranked him higher, but it does scare me a bit. But I do still have him as a low-end QB1. Jason, you mentioned the Williams brothers. Are you considering them at all? I'm not, just because uh, I expect it to be a Keenan Allen heavy game. Also, the running back, I expect to get a lot of work. If Melgo doesn't play... Uh, I will slide Justin Jackson right into the eighth overall spot where Melvin Gordon is right now because the per- the lead back on the Chargers is a great person to start, especially if it's against Kansas City. So I'm all over Justin Jackson if Margo doesn't play. The Williamses, I'm not. With with no teams on by, I just don't see a scenario where you can start them. Let's go over to the Chiefs. They have been absolutely dominant, and one guy that's really stood out, stood out is Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey has been absolutely lighting the fantasy world on fire, been lighting the real world on fire. But now they face a Chargers team that is number one in DVOA against the tight end, only averaging 39 uh, yards against the tight end this season per game. Um, Do you see a down game for Travis Kelsey, Jason? Well, if you look at what he's done, if you want to talk about their past, because these two teams play each other a lot, uh, Travis Kelsey in his career against the Chargers – in his last, uh, is one catch for six yards, six catches for 46 yards, one catch for one yard, one catch for eight yards. I think in the same way, though, that you guys were talking about how the Chargers are a different team and Phillip Rivers is a different person this year, Travis Kelsey's on a level he's never been on before. One of these games was week one when he oh. had a catch. Okay. One catch. So <coughs> He started the year a little it's slow. It's a different game, yes. Uh, and having Travis Kelsey is a great advantage. He's going to be a top three tight end most weeks. I have him ranked one because he has the best odds of doing it. He has the best quarterback attached to him. There's something to be thought about here. As someone who's going up against Travis Kelsey in my main league, it's his music to my ears. But <laughs> the way Kelsey has been going, he's he's a wide receiver one. Simple as that. He he's in a cat. He's in a class of his own, basically with Ertz who slowed down a little bit. So it's basically been Kelsey leading the pack the last few weeks. Uh, I still have him as my tight end one just because of what him and Mahomes have been able to do this year, but. Like Jason just said, he t- tends to struggle against the Chargers, and they have a very good defense. Uh, so it's it's definitely a tough matchup for him. The Chiefs are not going to have Sammy Watkins again, but w- the other t- guy that I'm really worried about is Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is doubtful at this point, does not look like he's going to play. All signs are indicating that he's not going to play at this point. But please keep in mind that we are recording this at 8.32 p.m. Uh, on a Wednesday in the East Coast, so... It I mean, it's 8.31, but... Nah, it just turned 8.32 when I looked at the clock, I swear. Not not according to my computer. It's 8.31. Well, I have a Mac, so I'm on time. Or the cable oh, my box. Phone says 8.31. I don't <laughs> nah, know. Nah, nah, nah. Look, I got, I, got, I got 8.32 right here. You got to fix your... Crazy kid. Your time, bro. All right, well, we're either at 8.31 or 8.32. We're, it's 8.32 now on your phone, too. Ha-ha. So, now we're definitely in 8.32. <laughs> and, um, yeah, keep an eye at Brodo Fantasy uh, for... Following us, we tweet as soon as the news breaks, you will get it on your phone. If you do not already, get Brodo alerts on my phone. I am part of Brodo, and I I get my news on Fantasy from Brodo. 
That's how good the Twins are at this. Like, for real, follow it. As soon as news breaks, it is on your phone every single time. It's amazing. Um, so let's go to the backfield. Damian Williams. Uh, I mean, at this point, you got Damian Williams against the Chargers defense, who hasn't been terrible but hasn't been great. What do you expect? Uh, the Chargers defense actually has been great against QBs and wide receivers, but has been in the middle of the pack against running backs. So that's where they've been able to be beat of late. But what scares me here is that Damian Williams isn't Spencer Ware. He's not the guy who's just going to step in. This is from Michael Salfino on Twitter. He pointed out that Damian Williams, his career high is 11 carries. And in four games, he had seven or more carries. So that's only four times in his career where he but he's handled. he's never had this even chance. At, yeah, he's never had this chance. But even that, even then, he has a 3.6 yards per carry on 530 career carries. So, I mean, then they just re-signed Charkandrick West. They have uh, Jarrell Williams as well on the backfield. So I'm not so certain that it's just going to be the Damian Williams show. But with that being said, it's still the lead back in the Kansas City offense going against the Chargers. So I have Damian Williams as my running back, 18. Jason has him at 12. I do think he's a solid mid-range RB2, but I don't know how you could really trust him more than that at the moment. I'll tell you, um, last week, Spencer Ware outtouched Damian Williams 20-12. to 12. Spencer Ware had five catches. Damian Wilson, Wilson had five targets. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just has been targeting the running back like crazy ever since... We all thought Kareem Hunt was going to be a bust in week three. So uh, I want the lead back. He's going to get the rushing work, and he's going to get looks in the passing game. And if I'm starting a running back from any team in confidence, it's the Chiefs. Are you sure that that's not going to the other Williams or Sarkandrick West, though? Char, might, Char West the, has been in that system. That's why I mentioned Ware and Williams last week. They both Ware at five catches. Williams had four. So there's enough room for two people to get... Five targets. And yeah. then if Williams are getting most of the rushes, that's someone I want on my team. Yeah, I'm in a conundrum because I have to choose two of Aaron Jones. I was just counting down Terry the, the Cohen. seconds of how many times how, until Michael's going to mention this. It's Aaron Jones, Terry Cohen, and Damien Williams. It's quite a conundrum. Williams also had two touchdowns. So Andy Reid's comfortable using him in the red zone. He was also wildly inefficient running the ball. I think he was six for eight. Yeah, I don't have his stats in front of me, but he was six for eight. Well, it was wildly inefficient. I, it's okay. Um, what about Tyreek Hill? He kept coming on and off the field. Uh, what do you, how do you feel about him? Yeah, I'm I'm all over Tyreek Hill. Uh, in games that Sammy Watkins has missed, he's averaging 11 targets. In other games, he's averaging seven. So basically, when Watkins steps out, it's Hill who takes the step up, not anyone else. Uh, Demarcus Robinson out targeted Chris Conley seven to three last week. Now Kelvin Benjamin might play a little. Demetrius Harris always has a pop up random game where he scores a touchdown. Tyreek Hill is the one that's gonna see. 10 to 12 targets. That's what he does when Watkins is out. He's matchup proof faster than anyone in the world. The the pro football doc on Twitter said that uh, he's going to play through his injury and he shouldn't be limited in any way. So I'm firing uphill like I always have. Let's go on to our next games, the Texans at the New York Jets. We're actually going to this game. So if you're going to that game as well, say hi to us. We'll be out there tailgating and getting... Nice and hammered, which is what you need to do to watch the Jets play. We will not um, be tweeting touchdowns for the game. Not for that game, but hopefully Mark is on it. We'll yeah. see if Mark can be on it. Mark, by the way, shout out to Mark, our intern, who's been killing the game, uh, helping us out. We appreciate that, so shout out to Mark. Um, but before we shout out Mark, let's get to the let's get to the easy part. Jets, sit your Jets, right? Yeah. I unless mean, you unless... have to start Chris Herndon. And no. even then, you're just like... Elijah McGuire is Elijah McGuire is the person. Really, against the Texans defense, has been really good against the running back. Yeah, the Texans defense has been top-notch basically any everywhere for weeks now. Uh, I mean, they got beat up a little bit by Andrew Luck last week, but, I mean, it's Andrew Luck who's basically beat up every team he's went up against this year. Even when he, he struggled against the Jags a couple weeks ago, but he destroyed them the, the last time he played against them. So it's definitely a tough matchup for Elijah McGuire, but this is a game where I'd expect... We all think the Jets are going to be losing. Uh, I don't think it's any. Uh, it's a stretch to say that, but uh, you're not expecting Elijah McGuire to run for a hundred yards. You want him to be used in the passing game, so which is why I think he has some flex appeal. I'm definitely wouldn't be excited about it. I mean, the Texans haven't given up a 100 yard rushing game since Week Eight, and only averages only give up 40 receiving yards to running backs. As I don't. Well. Want, I don't want any Jets. Fuck so, that. 
he's a Maguire's going to get 20 touches if Isaiah Crowell's out. I think he's a solid mid-range flex play, depending on... I mean, there's a whole bunch of injuries go- going on out there, Tim. Some people are going to have That's to use Elijah Maguire. That's true. All right, fine. Unless you have to. No Jets. And Robbie Anderson is a interesting flex play. If Sam Darnold is going to keep giving him shots downfield and keep making throws like he did last week. Also, uh, Rich Fiber of Roto World I, uh, found this great stat. Houston has allowed 13 20-plus yard completions the last two weeks. If anyone is going to do that on the Jets, it's Robbie Anderson. There's a Interesting lot of that, flex play this week. A lot of that was Luck and T.Y. Hilton, who've been doing that basically on everyone over still, the past like five weeks. Happening. But, yeah. I'm yeah, saying, he had 200 yards. Like, he's got to account for multiple of those. So? I mean, so. I'm just what's saying. The, what's the argument? Because Luck and T.Y. are, like, the best QB wide receiver tandem in the league the past uh, four did weeks. Did you see Darnold and Robbie Anderson last week? They're right behind Luck and Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go over to Houston. Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to say it this time, Jason, so you don't have to get mad at me. Thank you. Um, what a kind soul, Tim is. <laughs> but are you playing him against the Jets defense? It's allowed pretty decent QB numbers. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but let me pull them up. Um, to be honest, they've been. I'm not. I haven't ranked at 18th. I want. I don't want anything to do with Deshaun Watson. This guy finally throws for over 250 yards, and guess how many? He threw for 267. Like he's never. He doesn't throw for a lot of yards. It's a pass first offense. He's exceeded 18 and a half points once in the last four weeks. Houston's a favorite in this game. They're probably going to run a lot more. So that leaves Deshaun Watson with a lot to be asked for. He's basically Russell Wilson, but less efficient. So he's not putting up the quarterback on numbers that Russell Wilson is. Yeah, I have Watson as my QB 14 this week. Jason's finally taken me over to the dark side of Deshaun Watson. Tired of uh, believing in him because basically they changed their offensive scheme. And, I mean, they went on a nine-game winning streak when they started being more conservative with the ball. So... You can't really can't really blame them, but that's how it is at these times with Deshaun Watson. The Jets, by the way, are right in the middle of the league against the quarterback in terms of giving up fantasy points. Uh, 16th in the league. So let's go to the running. I'll, t- I'll give you this, though. The Jets do not force turnovers. So Watson isn't going to throw an interception more than likely. I mean, even if he does. I don't cares. care about interceptions yeah. in fantasy, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, Lamar Miller, 14 for 33. After leading the league in rushing since week eight, a stat that I heard from someone other than Jason for sure. That's a that's an inside joke because I told Jason that stat. He's like, oh, you should do that shit on Brodo. You Dude, don't listen to me when I talk. Tim comes over the house on Sunday. <laughs> Lamar Miller rushes a touchdown and goes, yo, you want to something cool? And then tells me my stat. That is exactly what happened. Me and Jason still did each other like with the, uh, just like, come on, Tim. Always doing things like this. <laughs> yeah, definitely got that stat from someone who wasn't Jason. And uh, yeah, but he sucked. Uh, touchdown saved his game. Um can you start him with confidence against the Jets? 100%. Yeah, I mean, for sure. If you look at what he's done recently, he's a lock to score at least 12 points. Uh, that That's the definition of RB2. Last week, he always has these pop-up games where he's involved in the passing game. Last week, he had five catchers on six targets. Always great to see. And he only had 33 yards rushing, but he had a touchdown. So right now, he's in the area where even if he doesn't rack up the yards, he's finding a way to give you points, whether it's catching or scoring a touchdown or rushing for 100 yards. You know Deshaun Watson's getting started. What about Ryan Griffin? Five receptions for 80 yards. Is this a mirage? Or you, mean is this Deon- you know DeAndre Hopkins is getting started. That's what I said. What did I say? You said Deshaun Watson. Oh, I meant I DeAndre like, He just Hopkins. went over while you probably yeah. should have started Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> I meant DeAndre Hopkins. He's definitely getting started. But what about Ryan Griffin? Uh, the Jets are very good against a tight end. Jamal Adams has, is becoming a superstar uh, his second year in the league. So he, he basically locks down the tight end, and it's not like Ryan Griffin is a real threat to begin with. So. I'm not going anywhere near him. To be honest, I'd rather start Jordan Thomas. He yeah, got the touchdown. He, he got a touchdown upside. Yeah. But either I mean, way, I don't want to touch either of them. We saw, who was it last week that had one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown and automatically was like the ninth tight end. That's crazy, the tight end landscape after the first like seven. The tight end landscape is always ridiculous. It's always ridiculous. See what I wrote in the waivers? Uh, let me tell you right now because I thought it was funny. I made myself chuckle a little bit. We put Ian Thomas in waivers and I said, with the 546 and 977 lines under his belt since Greg Olson went down, Thomas joins a very exclusive club of back-end tight end ones. <laughs> as those who score five points multiple times can join. You know, actually, I do think Chris Herndon is an interesting back-end tight end one this week. We were talking about no Jets, but the Texans are top 10 in, in fancy points allowed against QBs, running backs, and wide receivers, but they're bottom 10 against tight ends. So 
and Chris Herndon's a pretty solid part of that passing game at this point in, in time. And don't start Demarius Thomas. There you go. Yeah, don't start DT unless See, he scores a touchdown. Game, he's catching two a game. Thank yeah, you. this Next. should be a thank you. Next, a little has to get pop culture in there. Lamar Miller should get a solid amount of work in this game. Who had Derek Carrier as a an, a one last week? Who had Brandon Bolden? Oh my goodness, Brandon Bolden! Don't get me started on last week. Watching the first like up until two o'clock Eastern, like the first hour of games, it was just constant vulture after vulture after vulture after vulture after vulture. It was. I don't know what it was. It James was Devlin out here scoring touchdowns every week now. Let's go to our next game: the Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's start with Cleveland. Cleveland against the Panthers puts up a pretty good game. They have a, Jarvis Landry two games in a row now uh, that have been good. Are you rolling with Jarvis Landry in a must-win against the Broncos without Chris Harris? I would say so. The Browns, honestly, the receiver landscape is a little bit, like, almost as disgusting as the tight end landscape. Dude, after the top, like, 15, the receivers are trash. It's really bad. Like, I had to rank Jarvis Landry 21 or something because I was forced to. Higher. I'm pretty sure you have 19 because I was forced to because I didn't like anyone else in front of him. But I'll get back to the Browns. Uh, they're 14 for 14 in their last 19, 14. I said 14, 14 in the last 19. Red zone possessions when uh, scoring touchdowns. They're getting into the red zone. They're scoring. That's why Nick Chubb is scoring a touchdown every game, five straight. Uh, and Jarvis Landry last week, he only had four targets, but he rushed in a touchdown. He caught a long touchdown. Those those count. They buoyed his numbers, but they count. It's more ways for him to get involved. If they're going to hand him the ball, I'm all for it. So... I think you have to start Jarvis Landry in a decent matchup. Chris Harris is out, so it's nothing to be afraid of. Chubb against the Broncos. Fire that man up. Yeah, he has three or more catches in four of his last five games. He's too good not to play. He catches the ball. He, he rushes for touchdowns. Duke Johnson is an afterthought. You guys may have mentioned this already. Sorry if, I, if I'm asking again, but Baker Mayfield? Uh, We haven't discussed Baker Mayfield yet, yeah, actually. We talked, about, um, we talked about him a little bit. You know, I have Baker Mayfield as my QB 16. As well as he's been playing on the field, it hasn't translated that well to fantasy. Nick Chubb is scoring a lot of touchdowns, and Baker Mayfield in general, he's just, he's being, he's putting up decent performances, but it's not like great performances. So he has a, he has a pretty high floor. Like if you start him, you're going to get 15-ish, I'd say. But he's been a expect, very good real-life quarterback. Yeah, but he's not going to get you like, 25. Well, he did against Cincy, but everyone does that against Cincy. So, I have him as a mid-QB2 this week. I'd be very happy to have him as my QB2, but one QB leagues, I'll pass. On to David Njoku. The Broncos have given up the fifth most points to the tight end this year. Now, again, it's 12.6, so it's not, you know, going to break. It's not earth-shattering, but they've given up a lot of points to the tight end. David Njoku has been super disappointing for his schedule and his athleticism. You just expect more out of him. I've been rolling with it in the tight end landscape. If you have him as your tight end one, I think you have to just keep rolling with it. And you honestly, of late, can't get a better matchup for the tight ends and the Broncos. against the In week 11 against the Chargers. The Chargers. That's Antonio Gates and Virgil Green. Tight ends had seven receptions for 107 yards. Against the Steelers, Vance McDonald's and... Jesse James, who have big games here and there, 8 for 85. Against the Bengals, C.J. Uzoma, who isn't used too much, 6 for 42. And then last week in one half, seven receptions for 210 yards and a touchdown for George Kittle. He only needed was five more yards to break the all-time single-game tight end yardage record. I thought he was going to destroy the record. There's a, there's a video of Kyle Shanahan. He didn't really realize what was happening. He's like, I, f- I feel terrible for not getting you those five yards, man. <laughs> but... I mean, with that being said, now or never for David Njoku. Probably said that in the past, but with the points the Broncos have been giving up in such a terrible position, David Njoku is in for a pretty solid week. Let's go over to the Broncos side, don't you mention it. I do uh, think, before go we go real quick, I do think Antonio Callaway offers a little bit of flex appeal again. He, he didn't do anything last week, but that's because the— Browns literally ran like 40 plays. Yeah, right when Jay took me to the Callaway dark side, yeah. he let me down big time. They just didn't <laughs> run enough plays. Mayfield only threw like uh, 22 passes. So uh, in this game, the Broncos have allowed 300-yard passers in three of their last four. Uh, Jeff Triscoll is the exception. It's easy to do that. We could probably, with our <laughs> football team, stop Jeff Driscoll. So Disrespect is real. 
I mean, yeah, he hasn't really earned anything. Sorry, Driscoll. He should be running more. I'm going to stop talking about Jeff Yeah, I'm Driscoll. a little confused as to why he's not running yeah. more either. Um, let's go over to the Broncos side. Every single player on the Broncos shit the bed last week that was startable, at least, unless your name was Deshaun Hamilton. Who Jason started. Um, Case Keenum sucked. Phillip Lindsay got saved by a touchdown, but he sucked compared to what he usually is. Um, Cortland Sutton, everyone's favorite person. Michael Michael uh, screenshotted a, a poll on Twitter that said, should I start Robert Woods or Cortland Sutton? And Cortland Sutton won the poll. And Michael was like, what is wrong with people? But it shows you like how much faith people had in Cortland Sutton last week. Two for 14. And how much the world needs Brodo. I tweeted at the guy. I was like, I don't know what's going on with this poll, but please start Robert Woods and gave a little explanation. And he um, said thanks. So in terms of the pass catchers in this game, how are you feeling about him? Deshaun, number one in our hearts, number one on the field. Uh, he has a... um. Autistic brother, I think, who like is his best friend that he brings onto the field. So it's it's awesome. So good guy in real life and on the field. He basically stepped right into Emmanuel Sanders' role. Uh, got the got eight targets. Emmanuel Sanders is averaging. He got nine targets. Emmanuel Sanders was averaging eight targets a game. So he essentially became Emmanuel Sanders out of the slot. Case Keenum obviously likes throwing to his slot guys. Adam Thielen last year was his number one receiver. Uh, if anything. Tim Patrick lining up on the outside is more of a threat to Corlin Sutton. Tim Patrick saw a lot of targets last week. So we have Patrick and Sutton fighting for targets on the outside. Keenum doesn't have the highest yardage floor. So I'm looking at Deshaun Hamilton as the best of the options. I like Hamilton as a wide receiver three. I'm with Jason on this one. It's uh, it's all about the slot work in, the, in this case Keenum, and that's where uh, Deshaun Hamilton stepped up. So Deshaun. Deshaun, excuse me. Get it together. Deshaun Hamilton stepped up, so there you go. Does Philip Lindsay bounce back at home? He's really bounce back. It was his worst game in a while. He still scored a touchdown, and he played on a season-high 65% of snaps. So I'm seeing positives from it, even though it was a down game. So, yeah. Also, yeah. I uh, forgot to say this about Cortland Sutton. He played on 69% of the snaps. Deshaun Hamilton played on 97%. Tim Patrick played on 86%. What? Yep. That is shocking. So, well, he did. He was injured. He was playing through an injury. True, true. That makes more sense. Now I remember. Yes. Damn, sometimes you forget things when it's Wednesday. Still interesting. But if you're going to play through it, you'd expect him to be a little more involved. He was out. He was a lot of that probably had to do with the fact that he was injured. Yeah, Philip Lindsay. Throw him out there. Just do it. Just get Irish? (laughs) Yeah. Is Philip Lindsay Irish? It didn't even sound like that. Yeah, I don't know why I did that, but. I mean, the Browns, they give up over 100 rushing yards a game. They're not terrible against the run, but they're not great against the run either. Over 50 receiving yards. Lindsey's not super involved in the passing game, but he'll catch a pass here and there. So Lindsey's going to have his black and white pudding and eat it too. Let's go to our next. <laughs> that was bad. What, what are you talking about? Let's Irish go on though. to our next uh, Oh, uh-huh. game. Arizona Cardinals at the Atlanta Falcons. A matchup of two birds that like no one really wants to see no one no one goes to see these birds they like the good birds they don't like these birds but we'll go with these birds anyway my little bird yo the Arizona Cardinals are an absolute dumpster <laughs> fire of n- nonsense um i mean this cardinals offense is just horrendous uh, you know what sucks yeah go for it i can't start i don't, i don't i'm not starting anyone with confidence i'm guessing if you're at this point and you have david johnson you have a team that's good enough to consider benching him, and I think you should consider it, even Not, though he's playing Atlanta. It's Atlanta, though. Even though he's playing Atlanta, his best games have come against. Easy All right, opponents. fine. I'm, I'm just I'm bitter because I had David Johnson. Right. Let me take that back. Don't say David Johnson, but temper expectations because you can never trust this guy to have a big game ever. I'm disappointed because Michael probably found the weird. I haven't ranked 41st. I was. I was all over the dart throw Chad Williams play. Yeah, this week. I, I was, it was pretty strange. I was inputting my rankings and I see Chad Williams forty one. <laughs> Listen, the rookie, my eyebrow went up. He's for a missed second. the last like five or six weeks or something. But two of his last four games before his injury, he saw at least six targets. We're talking about the Atlanta defense. Christian Kirk is gone. I thought Chad Williams would be an interesting dart throw, but he didn't practice today with a different injury. So I'm going to have to update my rankings. Also, because I, I don't want to have Chad Williams out there if he's not even playing. It's a bad look. <laughs> Larry Larry Fitz played 96% of the snaps last week. He plays he plays over 90%, maybe even 100% of the snaps each game. And he hasn't passed 50. He got he had 55 receiving yards last week, and that was his most since week six. or No, week eight it was, actually. Yeah, since week eight. So, I mean, 
none of the passing game is really useful here. Uh, in, a, in classic Matt Ryan fashion, he somehow had one of the worst games I've ever seen, but ended with 262, three I've touchdowns, and no, one no. interception. I hate when we're right about someone and then garbage time puts them into like scoring 20 Not points. for nothing. Like the entire day, I Matt was Ryan right. ended as a seventh overall That's what I'm saying. Me and Michael <laughs> yeah. made a bet the entire day. I was You're right welcome. that he should have been the quarterback 20. And then he has to go throw a garbage time touchdown. Should have, could have. Pissing me off when I make bets like that because Matt Ryan was bad last week. He's been bad for a while now. Shout out to Tim. Suck it, Michael. He's been <laughs> saved by garbage time literally every week. The Arizona offense is not putting anyone into garbage time. Let's be real. Uh, the Arizona pass defense isn't good. I mean, it's is good. Like, is, is good. Is good. They're not... Because some people think it's just because like they don't score, so... They get run on. lack though. of volume. They get run on. They, yeah, they don't gonna, get passed on. Okay. I mean, but just the point is, they're good on a per-game, per-play basis. It's not just that teams don't pass on them. So, Matt Ryan in his last three home games, Giants, Dallas, Baltimore, scored uh, less than 20 points every time. So, I'm not starting Matt Ryan. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty hard bent on hard bent. Hard, hard bent. bent. What's the? I don't know. Why I said hard. Hell What's bent? the uh, hell bent on sitting Matt Ryan? This hey, week as well? welcome to the dark side. I said hard bent. I haven't played QB nineteen, but this guy over here, Jason, in one of our in, in one of our Brodo leagues. All right, we're in the all three of us are in the semis. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. Once I'm playing the one person who's not a Brodo member, mm-hmm. and Santiago. I have Matt Ryan as right. my quarterback. Jason already has Baker Mayfield, and he goes and picks up Josh Allen and Carson Wentz off yeah, the waiver wire. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, honestly, didn't even look at Michael's team. I just didn't know who I wanted to start out of the two. And but I now think, Wentz is injured. So I think I'm going to pick up Nick Foles and start him over Matt Ryan, honestly. That is disgusting. It's disgusting, but it's the right choice. Or I might, just, I might just stick with Matt Ryan and hope he puts together some sort Patrick of Peterson game. hasn't allowed a, per, a cat, uh, sorry, in a receiver to get over 80 yards in, I think, 65 games. Dude, Nick Foles? Really? I mean, let's talk. We'll Rams. talk about Nick Foles another time. All right, let's talk about the the Falcons right now. Julio Jones has all of a sudden become the touchdown machine. Julio Jones, um, can't stop, won't stop. Eight for one hundred six and two. Obviously, you're starting him, so we won't even get into it. Really, is there any other pass catching option here that you're looking at? And in that case, are you looking at any of the running backs? Because the the Cardinals are one of the worst teams. I think in the history of fantasy football, if I saw the stat right, yeah. in terms of giving up points to the running back. You know what really sucks? The fact that we looked at this matchup all season and thought Falcons running back week 16 is going to be the best. But Tevin Coleman is just so bad that like, if Falcons fans didn't appreciate Devontae Freeman now, then they never will. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ido Smith is the preferred start for me. I have him as a high-end flex. Wow. Uh He's outtouched Tevin Coleman 8-7 and 14-11 in the last two games. He's the preferred goal line back. I said back when Freeman got injured, Ito was playing the Freeman role. Tevin Coleman had a few games where he separated himself and then was bad again. So it's tough to trust either option, which sucks, because one of them is probably going to score a touchdown. One of them is probably going to have a good day. I'd rather take a shot on Ito Smith as a flex play. As would I. I'm taking a shot on Ito as well. Anyone else? So Jason's going to hate this when I say it. But you, I'm just—I'm not gonna give up on Calvin Ridley. Come on, man, it's Michael, look, give it up, bro. Look, give it up. It's too look. late. Look, it's too late. You know the funny thing is, I didn't even like Calvin Ridley coming out of college, but I just like his situation with Atlanta. And I didn't like him working out recently. I still don't. But so look, not his above-average quarterback. I'll tell you that. I mean, I have Calvin Ridley as what my wide receiver. Somewhere in the late 30s. My th- wide receiver 38. We got to figure out some kind of like elevator music to put on while you guys search your rankings sometimes. Jeopardy music. People can guess the rank while we're trying to look for the rank. Let's have a contest. All three of us have to create our own elevator music, and then we'll play it next week. If Julio, if Patrick Peterson is going to be on Julio Jones, someone's going to have to catch passes. At least Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley. If you're starting Mohamed Sanu, it means you're set with seven points. Uh, if you want to be that guy, go for it. I'd rather... Uh, I don't know. But if you're starting Calvin Ridley, there's a chance you get one or 25, which he's shown multiple times this year. Let's get let's go over to the next game, the Who Cares Bowl. The Oakland Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Yeehaw! Don't look now, but Oakland's kind of been on fire offensively. Derek Carr, uh, two fourth-quarter uh, 
touchdowns in a comeback win against the Steelers, and now he's facing a Bengals defense that across the board is the worst in the NFL at everything. So the question is, guys with Carson Wentz, who Baker Mayfield's not available, right? Are you trusting Derek Carr to be your fantasy quarterback this week to go to the championship? I mean... I'm not against it. I can't do it. Ideally, no, right? We have him Ideally, ranked, no, but we're we, not talking about an ideal situation. We have him ranked as our 20th quarterback. So me and Michael think that there's... 19 quarterbacks we'd prefer. But if all those 19 quarterbacks are not on your waiver wire or they're on teams or something of that sort, which is a possibility, then Derek Carr is the best of the bunch of the Nick Mullins, Nick Foles, Eli Manning bunch. I think. So let's play a little game. Go for it. Uh, Derek Carr or Eli Manning? Carr. Carr. Derek Carr or Driscoll? Carr. Driscoll's uh, not running. It would probably be Driscoll if he was running. Derek Carr or Mitch Trubisky? Mitch. Trubisky. Uh, did you guys hear my fart just now? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. Come, Come on, on Tim. Derek Carr or Nick Mullins? Carr. Carr. Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill? Carr. Derek Carr or Case Keenum? Carr. Carr. So basically what you're saying trash is... trash quarterback. Yeah, he's, so he's like the he's top the of the, the third bad. tier. He's the top tier of the trash. Uh, well, I'm, I'm also I'm asking because you guys are... Telling me, like, yeah, Lamar Jackson and Mitch Trubisky. Like, of course, Mitch Trubisky has scored eight points three times. All right, what about Lamar Jackson? He's been a back-end quarterback. Yeah, I'm not even week. a Trubisky. All right, Lamar, yeah, Lamar Jackson, fine. But, you know, I'm just giving you guys in that Wait, area. Yo, Tim, guess when the last time Derek Carr threw an interception was? I, I don't know. Week five. Interesting. So he's being safe with the ball, to say the least. Well, that's always been his M.O. Check down all-star. Um, is there anyone in this game that you're liking in terms of pass-catching options outside of Jared Cook, who has become silently one of the best tight ends in the league this year? Yeah, uh, I love me some Jared Cook this week, but also a name to monitor as like a desperation-esque play, uh, but maybe like a you, flex play. It's Jordy Nelson. Oh, come on. Nah, come on. Dude. Nah. I said nah, come it's on. a desperation-esque nah. flex play. Come on. But we're looking at a guy who nope. had seven targets last week, 11 targets the week Zip. before. Nope. He went 10 for 97 against KC and then 6 for 48 against Pitt. Zip it. So in half PPR, he scored Stop 14 it. and a half and 7 and a half. Stop it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like Cincy is a good defense. They're not by any means a good defense. So Jordy Nelson is the best. I, I think someone on the Raiders is going to have a big game at the wide receiver spot. Is it going to be Jordy Nelson? Is it going to be Marcel Aitman? Is it going to be Jared Cook? Is it going to be – you don't know. J- Jalen Rashard, look, the Bengals are dead last against the pass catching running back. I love Derek uh, Jalen Rashard. Rashard has done nothing Yuck. for weeks now. Get out of though. here. Why? Rashard has done nothing for weeks. Sure, but he's playing the Bengals now. He's not even the so? pass catching back that everyone wants him to be. Get out of here with the Jalen Rashard talk. So, Doug Martin is someone to talk about. All right, I agree. I like Doug Martin too. Like you have to, you have to be able to, you have to be willing to really take a hard look at some of these pass catchers here against the Bengals team that has just been the worst. You know, it's pretty hilarious because. Uh, Right when John Gruden said, oh, Jalen Rashard could do it all. He could run for 1,000 and receive for 1,000 in a season. He just stopped using him. Yeah. Same most John Gruden thing ever. But, yeah, I actually do very much like Doug Martin this week against Cincinnati. They should be leading or at least close in this game. It's not like much separates these two teams. And Doug Martin has a rushing touchdown in three straight games. So, I mean... He's going to get the work. He has double-digit rushes in each of those games. I, I think he's a lock for like 18 rushes and possibly a touchdown. So I actually like Doug Martin as a low-end RB2 flex play this week. Doug Martin, since Christian McCaffrey started his surge, which probably has a lot to do with the fact that Cam Newton can't throw the ball and the Panthers never said anything about it. True. Uh, which could be a sneaky thing next season. Just saying, looking way into the future of Jason is all, all, Jason is already he gives. Me, I'm gonna let people draft McCaffrey at third or fourth overall and be happy about yeah, it. Of course you are because you I'm are a hater. Maybe oh, you anyway. think <laughs> you think a short white kid that used to play running back back in the day would be down with Christian McCaffrey. Listen, no bias. Let's let's not. I don't know. Doug Martin <laughs> is second in the league in carries inside the ten behind Christian McCaffrey since he started this surge. And no team gives up more touchdowns than the Bengals on the ground. They've allowed 20 touchdowns to running backs. Doug Martin's basically guaranteed to find the end zone at some point. I think he's a strong RB2 play this week. Oakland is dead last in a lot of categories. They're dead last against the tight end. Uh, does that make you start C.J. Uzuma? Uh, they're 29th against the slot receiver. Are you thinking Tyler Boyd is back for a return? Um, 
how are you how are you feeling about this Oakland team? And do you start? Are you looking forward to starting anyone outside of Joe Mixon? I'm in Cincinnati. Excuse me. Well, Boyd has eight, eight, and six targets in his last three games. He's basically Driscoll's only real option. Uh, John Ross has eleven catches, four touchdowns on those catches in five games, so he's not someone you could trust. So, I think Boyd is more of a. I mean, when I rank the receivers, he's that's another guy that I felt. I don't know. I felt dirty putting him at thirty-one or wherever I have him, but I there was just. It's a weak wide receiver group right now. So you can go Boyd as a wide receiver three. I'm not trusting anyone else. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd, it's it's pretty strange. The Raiders, they're like super trash, but somehow they're like in the top third of the league in points allowed to wide receivers this year fantasy-wise, which doesn't seem to make much sense with everything that's been going on with their defense. But yeah, I'm okay with throwing Tyler Boyd out there. Obviously, it's not ideal with Jeff Driscoll at the helm and – no AJ Green and all that, so it's not a great play, but I'm okay with it. And uh, CJ Uzuma is he has his role. He'll probably go like four for thirty. You know who's getting a lot of looks now? Joe Mixon, six or more targets in two of the last three games. Joe yeah. Mixon is a must play. He's I finally love Joe Mixon. Yeah, he's finally being uh, used as a workhorse, which people wanted when they drafted him. Which still wasn't not happening a, recently. Still not efficient, but getting the volume. Yeah, still inefficient though. I'm not, still I'm not saying he's good. I still don't right. like him. Yeah. I mean, he's inefficient, but the Raiders have been super trash against the running back basically all year and of yeah. late. They're giving up over 120 rushing yards. Let's go over to the Miracle Miami Dolphins. That was nuts. Um, That was one of the crazier endings to a game. We were watching that, and I think we all realized at the exact same time, like, oh, shit, that's Gronk. Yo, this is going to happen. My girlfriend was over for that play, and she was, like, on her computer talking to me about something. I don't even remember, to be honest. Because... <laughs> I was just watching the TV while she was talking to me, and at the same time, me, Michael, or my Johnny, Timmy, my my cousin that was there, we all just hopped up, went, oh! <laughs> and she just looked at me mad confused. I was like, how did you not look at that? <laughs> Dude, Gronk looked like a 90-year-old man. I mean, he was... How can you expect him to catch a running back? You can't. Really bad idea to put him out there. It's not like they were going to throw a jump ball. Right? Yeah. They're at the 25. Like, what are you doing? Man? Skip Bayless probably going to be like, you should have put RG3 at safety. RG3 would have made a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to the rushing game. Frank Gore, 12 carries for 92 yards. Frank Gore is, th- is the unstoppable, unbreakable. He's like uh, Thanos. He's just like... He's the reason why I hate Adam Gase, though, so... <laughs> um, but on on another level though, is he a starting option against the Miami Vikings running defense? That's the good. Miami Vikings. I'm the Vikings not, I mean, defense has just been superb yeah. the last few weeks. They're basically in the top five in points allowed in every single fantasy position at this point. Uh, their worst position is tight ends, and guess what? Mike Kosicki ain't doing shit. So I mean, it's just a bad overall outlook for all Miami players. Uh, if I'm gonna trust anyone. Receiving wise, Jason called out Kenny Stills last week on the pod. Check that out on Clipcast if you want to hear Jason say Cheap load. Kenny Stills is a good start and Devontae Parker is a Loch Ness Monster. Kenny Stills is the reason why <laughs> Devontae Parker is a Loch Ness Monster. Kenny Stills is the reason why I advanced him yeah. and Kittle. Kenny Stills averages twelve over twelve fancy points per game with uh Ryan Tannehill at QB. Ryan Tannehill came back, and he stills came back, and the connection continued. He just loves throwing to the man. Listen, they connect with a touchdown pretty often. The Bills are kind of okay now for fantasy purposes, so I'm going to take the sit-yo Bills and apply it to sit-yo Dolphins. There's no way you can start it. This is a team that rides on efficiency, and when you're facing a defense like the Vikings, like Michael said, Kenny Sills is really the only person that maybe I'm going to give a flex play to, but it's... With Xavier Rhodes out there, too, it's tough to trust him. Drake is best in comeback mode. Uh, the Vikings offense has been so bad, there's probably not going to be a comeback mode. I just don't see it working out. Yeah, definitely trusting Drake over Gore, obviously, if I had the choice. 100%. You, I'm not. I'm never starting Frank Gore. Kenny on yeah. Drake was going to have another bad game last week until he swooped Gronk. So. 50 yards and a touchdown from that play. Stupendous. The Miami Dolphins are... Hit a lot of big plays, but their offense is stagnant for most of the game. It's kind of it's kind of outrageous how they play. They're a very interesting case study. But let's go to the Vikings. Oh, man. Dude, that Vikings offensive line, I think people forgot how bad it was because the running game was so good last year and the weapons were so good. That offensive line was bad. I just farted and Jason is, like, dying. Um, we're in a, This studio is a lot smaller than our old one. 
You know, we we downgraded size, but we upgraded ambiance. Um, <laughs> and no, we definitely downgraded smell too. Uh, so let's go over to Minnesota. Stefan Diggs kind of shits the bed two weeks in a row. Um, if you have Stefan Diggs, you're probably you're probably counting on him to do big things. Uh, how do you feel about starting him against a Dolphin secondary that's been better? I have him at 17. Uh, dependent on Xavier and Howard, I might end up moving him a little lower if Howard pl- is a certain go. But even if that, he's out, a, Fitzpatrick is probably going to shade Stefan Diggs if Xavier is out. And he did a solid job in Josh Gordon last week. Yeah, that's why I have Diggs at 17. I'm probably is going to stay there if Howard maybe creep him up a little bit. I mean, He's only seen six targets in each of the last two games, which is not great. He's also only averaging six catches and 58 yards at home, which is not great. This could easily be a Stefan Diggs disappointment game. But he's a wide receiver, too, with that said, just because he sees the volume and he is a good receiver. So Adam Thielen hasn't been the same lately, but he's had games that you remind you of the old Adam Thielen. Are you playing him as if he's the old Adam Thielen where he's like a top three receiver or are you playing him where he's back-end wide receiver one Adam Thielen that he's become now? I have Adam Thielen as my wide receiver five this week. I'm high on Adam Thielen. Maybe it's just dumb loyalty, but I'm sticking with it. He, It's just disgusting watching the Vikings offensive late. That's why John DeFilippo got fired. They, uh, Adam Thielen in the last three games. I've watched all three games because I think they've all been on primetime. Adam Thielen has not even been targeted in the first quarter in any of those games. And then they wonder why they don't score to start the game or even in the first half of the game. And in the second half, they start throwing to him and the offense starts rolling. It's just it's mind-boggling to me. But with that being said, with John DeFilippo fired, I think they're going to try to get their guys going. I don't I don't buy this John DeFilippo got fired because they're not running the ball and they need to run the ball more shit. Warren Sharp, who is one of the sharpest minds out there, basically did a whole Twitter thread about how the problem isn't them needing to run the ball more, it's them needing to pass more because their running attack is so trash and their offensive line is trash that they're not able to move the ball rushing. And their best offensive games have come when Cousins hit Thielen and Diggs for big gains. So I don't. hopefully it's not they don't decide to give Dalvin Cook 40 rushes because that wouldn't make any sense, but I think Adam Thielen is in for a pretty huge game this week. Speaking of the rushing offense, is it time to give Dalvin Cook the reins? I mean, I'm not sure what you're asking. Well, he was decent last game, and he's, if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, you've probably been waiting for this moment, like, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back. Is it time to put him in your RB2 and forget it? I mean, yeah, it's been like that for a little bit now. He's been running back 17 or better the last three weeks uh, thanks to that garbage time catch touchdown last week. But that's the big thing. He has 16 catches in those games. So even though his running has been poor, his receiving hasn't been. If he's getting five catches a game and getting – a, even a little bit of work on the ground, that's that's someone to use as RB2. Yeah, but he ends with nine points if he doesn't have that garbage time touchdown. Luckily for Dalton Cook owners, he did have the garbage time touchdown. I think he's a solid mid RB2. I don't see how you could. People, I don't see. Uh, last week, too, people were ranking him as like RB1s. It was just, it didn't make I'm any sense. follow to my me. statement with butt and then agree with it. I didn't, I didn't start my statement with butt. Oh. You got to go back and listen to this. I want to start all my statements with butt, baby. But. Uh, Cowboys at the Colts. Uh, hold guys. up, hold up. Kirk Cousins. Eat them, boys. You're not starting Kirk Cousins. No way. I'm not starting him. No. Yeah, me either. Yeah. We got to talk about him because it's a good matchup, and I see him ranked higher in other worlds. I have Kirk Cousins my quarterback 13. I think he can This back could be vengeance. one of those random games where he puts up 34 points. They just fired the OC. They're 6-6-1. Six, six and one. They're still hanging on to that last wildcard spot. Firing the OC does make me want to play him a little more. Guys, the Giants still have playoff hope because the second wildcard teams have been so bad. I mean, everyone the has Panthers playoff hope. The Panthers have lost five straight. The Vikings have been trash. This has been one of the hardest seasons to predict of all time. Honestly, it's funny that you know Falcons are four and nine, and they they have like technically still have a shot to make the playoffs at seven and nine if they win out. The only thing I want to happen in the NFL playoffs is that the Dolphins and Titans do not make it. That's all I ask. <laughs> I'd yeah. so much rather watch Andrew Luck or last year the Titans. Anyone the else than the Titans and Dolphins? Uh, let's go over. Let's talk about Andrew Luck and the Colts facing the Dallas Cowboys. Guys, it's time. I'm gonna make you say it. Amari Nooper is a wide receiver one, period. Just All say I know it. Just say it. Is that one to me? Just say it. Bet with us. Cooper is going to be wide receiver one. 
he ended as like wide receiver forty. So. All right, so and you could dude, you could try look, and say that I, I'm the one that's wrong here, but look, I don't just say it. Just say I don't it. dislike Amari Cooper. I beg to differ. I dislike him as a fantasy asset. It's a difference. Right now, not anymore. Thank you. In fantasy, you could go from A to B. Call on him by players. his real name though, because Amari Nooper. Thank you. Is growing. Come on, but this bullshit. We're not all calling him Nooper. Two hundred seventeen yards and three touchdowns. But that's a Nooper. That's not. But Cooper. that's not Amari. He gets the Colts this, a star this week. I just want to see Amari Cooper have a big game against a good cornerback for once in his life. That's all I want to see. Word up. Let's, not for nothing, but every time he blows up, it's against a bad cornerback. What he did to the Eagles is exactly what the OBJ should have done if the Giants weren't dumb. Exactly what they should have done with OBJ. I mean, all of his, all of his production came in overtime and in the fourth quarter. So it's they were in comeback mode, and Amari Cooper was the reason why they won. A, another player on this team that you're definitely starting is definitely an RB one. And that honestly, if you were a Zeke owner, like the way that your season probably went was you're probably floating around fourth, fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh or eighth, and then he turned up and they gave him all the yards again, and your team's been great since then. Like Anthony, our, our cousin Anthony, he's in our league, and he had the second most points in the league, didn't make the playoffs, but I was looking at his team, it's because he had a whole bunch of late bloomers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, late bloomer. Ezekiel Elliott, late bloomer. Andrew Luck, late bloomer. Right? All these guys are late bloomers, and, and Amari Cooper has, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott has blossomed into someone who caught 12 passes last week. Yep. He uh, He's basically... What? Has the same-ish receiving uh, yards, receptions, touchdowns as... He's like on par with Alvin Kamara. Right now, he's David Johnson of 2016. Yeah, it looks like it. Running back one, wide receiver two. Unbelievable. Dak Prescott is a guy I'm interested here. If you look at his last few games, he's just jumped between good and mediocre. He put up 2016, 22, 15, 28, 14, 26. We're looking at a teens if the pattern holds. I don't know if that's something to really take seriously, but there's a little pattern there. But I do think, I think he's going to need his legs to give you a. High-end QB1 performance. I have him at 14. Michael has him at 5, so I'll let Michael talk about him a little more. But I do think Dak is a decent back-end starting option. He's been good enough. Yeah, Michael, I mean, 5. The Indianapolis Colts have been pretty good against the quarterback, only giving 18 points up a game. Yeah, but uh, Dak Prescott, since week 6, I believe it was, that I saw, he's he's a top 5 quarterback. Since getting Amari Cooper. Yeah, basically since they got Amari Cooper, he's a top five, so I don't think ranking him at five is super crazy, but going against Indy, I expect this to be a game where I think uh, Andrew Luck finally gives the Cowboys defense some fits, because if they're not able, it all depends on the offensive line. If they're able to get to Andrew Luck, then maybe not, but if he gets some time and is able to find T.Y. Hilton downfield, as he's been able to do the last few weeks, I think they finally... This is a team that finally gives the Cowboys some fits, and uh, it may lead to a higher scoring game than we think. And Dak Prescott, I think, is going to have a 250 yards ish game with a couple touchdowns, rush a bit. I think he has a pretty pretty high floor of this game and also a high ceiling, which is why I like him as a higher end quarterback one this week. Any other pass catchers you're looking at, Jay? Uh, not me personally. I know Michael is looking at Michael Gallup a little bit. Yeah, I mean he's. You're talking about blossoming. He's been blossoming of he late has. as well. Yes. He, he had a. Uh, I actually started him in a FanDuel single game lineup. The eye test. He just passes the eye test lately too. Like he's been running good routes. He's been involved in the offense. He's been. He was a good uh, he, prospect. I mean, you put a guy who's never played an NFL game, and all of a sudden you put him as a number one wide receiver, and it's gonna cause problems. You put a Mark Cooper on the other side, and all of a sudden he's freed up a little bit. Yeah, and last week he wasn't. He wasn't great. He only went four for 24, but he did have nine targets. He had seven the week before, then six the week before that. So, I mean, they're getting him involved and uh, going up against Indy. I think uh, Gallup's going to have I, – I don't have him as a – I don't love him as an option. I think he's a more of a flex play if you're desperate. But I, I did rank him in my top 50 wide receivers this week because I like his upside. Dante Pettis or him? Pettis. Pettis. Um, Curtis Samuel or him? Samuel. Samuel. Um, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon, Jeffrey. Um, Golden Tate. Tate. Tate, slightly. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. Gallup. Gallup. Okay, so you guys are high, but not too high. 
Don't don't uh, don't get too crazy. Uh, Andrew Luck against a very good Dallas Cowboys defense. What are we looking at? I'm firing up, Maracaca. I have Andrew Luck as the third quarterback. Oh, they've been shutting down quarterbacks, though. Listen, I have Andrew Luck as my ninth quarterback. In real life, they've been shutting down quarterbacks. In fantasy, not so much. If you look at the numbers, you'll be a little surprised. Uh, I went back to the last six weeks. Mariota put up 22. Wentz put up 19, 22 back-to-back. Then Ryan put up 15. Colt McCoy, 18. Breeze, 8. Wentz, 19. So if we're looking, it's 18 or more four of the last six weeks. Uh Drew Brees, it's pretty impressive, only giving up eight against him. Matt Ryan, we all know he's he sucks, right, Tim? So, <laughs> so, but Andrew Luck has been a quarterback one in every single game except the one against Jacksonville in his last ten. He's basically been money week in week out. Uh, I'm gonna keep firing him up. He's been on fire. That offense is a very good one. He's been using T.Y. Hilton more than he ever has, and it's been very beneficial. He's seeing almost 25 percent of his targets recently. So. I like Andrew Luck. I think he's going to be a QB1. Michael, jizz all over the microphone while talking about T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I've been a, a T.Y. Hilton owner on my main team all year, and it's finally becoming the T.Y. Hilton I expected, and it's glorious. Since week seven, he's the second overall graded uh, PFF receiver. He's running three yards per out run and a fifth in the league in passer rating when targeted. And... Andrew Luck is throwing downfield way more than he did earlier in the year, which is leading to glorious games from T.Y. Hilton, as we saw last week when he had, was it 10 receptions, I believe, for 199 yards, just shy of 200. Nine receptions. Nine receptions for 199 yards, and that was against Kareem Jackson and the Houston Texans, who have been a very stout pass defense. So I'm not super shook by Byron Jones and the Cowboys. I know they've locked down basically everyone this year. But if there's going to be a team to break it, like I said, it's going to be Luck and T.Y. So I think I'm okay with firing I'm okay with firing up T.Y. as a high-end wide receiver, too, this week. Borderline wide receiver one. Tim just can't stop farting. Uh, it's because I ate that chicken downstairs. I shouldn't have ate you it. You just eat and you fart? You can't like, eat chicken? You can't chicken? just eat and nah, not fart. it was like made with shit that I can't. I'm, dude, guys, I'm lactose intolerant, guys. What does chicken have to do with I dairy? I think it was made with, I think dad put some dairy in it or something. No, you're bugging. Or maybe there's something else I eat with dairy in it. Because this is what happens when I eat dairy. I just fart like crazy. This conversation got boring a long time ago. <laughs> Marlon Mack. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to keep talking about the pass catchers for a second. Eric Ebron against the Dallas Cowboys defense. Are you nervous because they shut down tight ends? Besides the game where Zach Ertz destroyed them and 50-ish percent of that was just the last two drives, they've been super solid against the tight end. That was and a different defense, too. They locked down Zach Ertz last week as well. This so, is, I mean, but I don't. It's Eric Ebron. He's a target hog, and he's just one of the biggest red zone usage guys in the league. So I don't want to cut you off, but this is exactly what I talk about when I mentioned Baltimore against tight ends, how they give up the most, the highest percentage of their yards allowed goes to tight ends. And I always say, is it because they give up a lot to tight ends or just a little in general? That's a lot to do with Dallas, too, because they're also bottom in the league in that area. A lot of their percentage of yards go to tight ends, even though they're pretty good against tight ends. So it's always tough to trust. Uh, look at tight ends match applies because they're so little used right now. You just you have to use Eric Ebron. He's the, the number one red zone target. Uh, it seems like one more pass catching option always ends up doing something for the Colts. Zach Pascal did it last week. Uh, are you looking at any of those options? Just say yes or no. 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 All uh, right, let's go over to Andrew Marlon Mack then, who hasn't been great the last few games. Uh, what are you expecting out of him? Yeah, running back two one time in the last five games, uh, only eight targets. In that time span, he's not involved in the passing game either. I find it really hard to roll with him this week. Oh, yeah. He's Unless you have he's to. He's not in our top 24 running backs by any means, and Dallas's run defense is superb. So, I mean, he did get 14 rushes, though, last week, which was nice to see after only getting eight against Jacksonville. So, I mean, it's not a terrible flex play, but, I mean, he's also not. I don't see the ceiling that you may have thought he would have earlier in the year. He's a, He's my running back 30 this week. So I like him better than like Kenyon Drake and Tevin Coleman. But anyone else in this game? Nope. Let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco is benched. Um, he's going to be active, but it's going to be Lamar Jackson. So they announced it. Uh, so let's start on the Baltimore Ravens side. Um, Lamar Jackson has not his proven to make his wide receivers. Uh, not fantasy viable, but this week they're playing the Buccaneers, who makes every wide receiver fantasy viable. How are you feeling about the pass catching options for the Ravens? The the answer is no. Yeah, 
Mm. You're not going to use any of them. Even uh, the tight ends, I th- you think Mark Andrews is separating himself a little bit, but then Max Williams catches. That's who I was talking about. Max Williams caught a touchdown and then jumped into the top 10 tight ends mm. just from that touchdown catch. But yeah, and then you got Hayden Hurst and Doyle, and they just have a bunch of tight ends who all mix in and out, so you can't you trust any of them either. Ty Montgomery who gets some targets. He barely even played last week. He had three targets. So it's just a, I don't know, it's a, just a mix-up that you don't want to have a part in. It's kind of upsetting because it's such a good matchup. You can't really predict who's going to do what. I was going to say, like, I can see the Ravens putting up like 35 points and not having anyone stand out fantasy-wise. I do think that's going to be the case. I have Lamar Jackson as my seventh quarterback. I like him a lot this week. If you look at Tampa Bay, they actually have pretty legit home road splits on defense. Uh, you saw Drew Brees disappoint a bit last week against them at home. Uh, on the road, which they are, they're in Baltimore. They're allowing almost five touchdowns per game. So this is a team where I see Lamar Jackson hasn't finished lower than quarterback 15 since he took over the role. A team along five touchdowns per game. I think he's a safe quarterback, one with upside. So I'm starting him over a few guys that other people might disagree with. Guys, I love me some Kenneth Dixon this week. I will live or die by Kenneth Dixon. Dixon or Edwards? Dixon. No, like, who you starting? If you have two. I, I just said Dixon. What did you think I thought you were asking? I don't know. Maybe I thought I was clarifying. You'd rather start Kenneth Dixon over Gus Edwards right now? I'd rather start Kenneth Dixon over Gus Edwards. No, Look, back to week... I think so, too. Back to week 12, all right? Gus Edwards had 43 snaps, time on 28 snaps. And then the next week, the first week Kenneth Dixon came back, Gus Edwards had 41, which is only 51% of the snaps. 27 to time on, 17 to Kenneth Dixon. And then last week, Gus Edwards only had 31 snaps, which was less than 50%. Tymon had 19, and Kenneth Dixon had 23. So his role, it doesn't seem like much, 23 snaps, but he had six more snaps than the week before. John Harbaugh came out and said Kenneth Dixon's role is only going to continue to grow. His elusive rating on PFF, uh, Scott Barrett tweeted it, was like every single time he's been healthy, he's in the top five, no matter what. Every time he returns from injury, he's super elusive. And last week in only eight carries, he had 59 rushing yards, a touchdown. He only had one receptions, but he took her for 21 yards. I think this week he overtakes Edwards and Ty Mont in snaps and has a big-time production game with it. I'm ride or dying with Kenneth Dixon this week. Man, that's a hot take, but I like it. I like it because I, I mentioned at the beginning of the year that Ken Dixon, be careful because he matches the style of Lamar Jackson better than a guy like Bruce, Gus Gus the yeah. Bus Edwards Kenneth and Edwin Dixon Jackson is the only one that Buck Allen also had zero percent of the snaps so he's Buck um, Allen's the thing of the past so Kenneth Dixon he is the only two dimensional back on that team Gus Edwards is in they're absolutely running the ball no matter what Ty Monta's in there's like a two percent chance he's actually gonna get a rush they're gonna you know pass Dixon the ball is? Kenneth um, Dixon does both I'm gonna give a uh, analogy here no no analogy comparison. comparison you know the the British girl on a I think she's British from Austin Powers, where Austin Powers just constantly kills her and she won't die. And he's like, Why won't you die? The Fembot? <laughs> yeah, sure. He That's kind of like pushes hair out the window. <laughs> he won't die. Jim Harbaugh just, every time he hears his name, his pants get a little wet. They love him. And Kenneth Dixon had, don't forget, double digit half PPR points week one this year. Just saying. I mean, I like Kenneth Dixon's back end RB2 play. I also like Gus Edwards. I don't think this is the week where. Gus Edwards just takes a complete backseat and doesn't put up numbers. I, I also like Gus Edwards, by the way, as a low-end RB2 touchdown dependent, albeit. But against Tampa Bay, it's a pretty solid matchup. So even if he only gets 15 carries, I can see him getting 60 yards on a touchdown. If you're looking at rushing-wise, Edwards is the safer bet right now. Sure. And if you use passing work as a deciding factor, Dixon had one target last week. Ty Montgomery had three. Ty Montgomery is still the main pass catcher. But I mean, what Michael we'll contends is that he'll be taking over this week because Dixon did look good in his I mean, it's a chance, stint. but it might be a chance worth taking. I'll tell you what. you want to, If you're playing for a lot of money in your fantasy league or you really care about your fantasy league and you really want to win next year, this is when you start making your notes for next year. And Kenneth Dixon as a sleeper is something you should be if definitely... If he's ever able to stay healthy. If he's, yeah, because a lot of people are going to say that and keep an eye on him. Um, let's go to our last team. All right. Chris Godwin, guys, got 10 targets, one reception for 13 yards. Guess how many catchable I I was going to say nine uncatchable balls by Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was absolutely atrocious, 18 for 38. Um, The Saints wanted to give that game away, it seemed like, and the Bucs were just like, no, 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 you take it, you take it. Um, Not today. Jameis sucks. Guess Um, what, Tim? 
Yes. He's still on every week quarterback one. Y- you're going to be on the other side of this, but there he's playing Baltimore. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm still using him. I'm. I'm no. 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 I have him as my tenth no, quarterback. No. If you're using Jameis Winston in the semifinals against the Baltimore Ravens, that's just. It's too big. Like your nuts are too big at that point. Like you need a nut reduction. Like yo, Jameis is my QB. Use 15. your head. No, look at the numbers. He's a quarterback one every week. First off, then. That's if you true. look at rushing, he's averaging 40 rushing yards per game over the last five. True. Four points right there. Then if you look at what Baltimore has done, everyone thinks Baltimore, oh, run away. If you look at the quarterback numbers against them, 28 points allowed, 25 points by week, 20 points, 10 points, 7 points, 22 points. Mm, 10.7 points. What about the other four games times. that I said? 24 times or more. Well, if you look at Winston's... And what does Winston do? He puts up 20 or more points every week. Except when he busts and puts up five. When he gets taken when out of the game. When he gets taken out of the game and only plays out. a half. Still bust. All right. So what? Every quarterback also, bust. Dude, I don't want James Baltimore is worst on the inside. I don't want to hear it. I don't want James You attack Whatever. Baltimore with your tight ends. You attack Baltimore with your slot receivers. Winston targets Brayton Humphreys. I'm not he saying likes attacking the middle of the field. This I, is a matchup that he can excel know in. Is that me? Jason told you multiple times to pick up Winston over Trubisky and Lamar Jackson. You know, not listen to us, and Jameis Winston has been better than them every single week. No, he hasn't. Yes, he, he has. has. Lamar Jackson was mad good last week. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Mike, uh, let's go to the pass casting options. Last week. Humphreys, Mike Evans. How do you guys feel about them? I'm going to use all of them. I think Mike Evans actually has the. You're going to use all of them against the against the Ravens? Yes, I'm not afraid of the matchup. Oh. I think that I don't know if Michael's laughing because of you or me. No, I have the ball in the top thirty-six. I as think well. Mike Evans has the biggest bust potential. Actually, uh, I have him as a. I think I have them all as wide receiver twos. I don't know what you're doing with rubbing your face. Godwin had ten targets last week. Adam Humphreys has the most targets with J- Jameis Winston. Uh, Mike has, Evans is the best athlete. Humphreys of the is top five in red zone targets with Jameis Winston. They're not going to run. Peyton Barber's a scrub. They're going to pass a lot. They're all going to get looks. And Cameron Brate is strictly used in the red zone, which makes him a tight end one. I want to throw up listening to this, but you guys have points. But I do want to throw up. It's I like, really hope they all like do well this week. I, I, I was going to say let's make a bet, but I don't even know what to bet. We're talking about like a whole team. Yeah, you're talking about the entire team <laughs> against a, a defense that has shut down good offenses before. I don't know. It's just, it's just something doesn't feel right to me. Uh, I, but, I don't know. I, I thought I was going to be uh, – like balls balls out here, but then Jason had like the same exact rankings ish as me with these guys too. So, so I mean, I'm definitely not starting Peyton Barber. Same exact really bad rankings ish. Really bad for Peyton Barber. Anyone else in this game you want to talk about? No. Schmeichel. So. I don't think um, so. Okay. That is all for our first uh, slate of games. Jason, where could they find you? At Jason Petrop. Michael. At Mike underscore Petrop. And you can find me at Tim Petrop, but only Frisky. if you're feeling real, real. Real frisky. Uh, get us at brotofantasy.com. Also, follow follow us on Twitter at brotofantasy. We do, we tweet every touchdown. We give you rapid advice. We answer every single tweet that comes at us. You're not going to get that kind of service anywhere else, people. And our rankings are out. And our rankings are out. Come get some. But only if you like, to, only if you like winning. Only if you like winning. Hashtag and Brodo we trust. With that being said, we are going to go into episode two right away, right after I get a cup of water, honestly. But until then, we'll see you. Why won't you die?